Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17. Wonderful music this morning. And to think about uh, how blessed we are uh, as a nation. And I, I, I think one of the uh, saddest things in our country, and I'll allude to it a little bit this morning, is how we have forgotten the history of our nation. Uh, we've, we've let uh, secularism replace uh, reality. And uh, parents, uh, don't 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 hide the history books from your children. Uh, turn off Disney Channel and Nick Tunes and all that, and, and put a history book in their hand once in a while. And uh, we need to remember uh, the sacrifice that has been made for our nation, and uh, the blood of patriots has been spilled uh, over and over again. And that's really what's taking place in, in our country. All the the radical change that you I see coming from the far, far left. They have no idea what this country is all about. They have no idea. And every time one of those uh, changes are advocated, it, it literally tramples the sacrifice of our founding fathers. And so, um, and I'm announcing this morning my candidacy for the. No, anyway, uh, no, I, I, I love my country. I'm going to preach this morning uh, what will keep America, America. I'm going to preach this morning what. Uh, will make America even greater than she is today. Uh, but it certainly applies to the church this morning. And so uh, we'll be in Acts chapter number 17. And uh, we'll begin reading verse number 1. And we'll read through verse number 4 this morning. Acts chapter 17, uh, verse 1 uh, through verse 4. Uh, let's begin reading verse number 1. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollo, well, that place, they came to Thessalonica, uh, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, uh, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture this morning, and I want to preach on this subject, an ancient pattern for modern times. An ancient pattern for modern times. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning that uh, you would help us during this time. We've already been blessed uh, by the music and the fellowship. My Father, it comes time to the preaching of the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit of God have liberty this morning. May the Holy Spirit of God do what no man can do, uh, do what uh, no group can do, but may He touch the heart of the individual today. And Father, may we all be challenged collectively as a church and as a group of Christians uh, to do more for You, to hold to the truths of the Word of God. And Father, I pray that as individuals will determine uh, to heed what the Scripture says this morning. And Father, I pray that if there be one in the service this morning who've never put their faith and trust in what Jesus did on Calvary, I pray this morning it would be their day of salvation. May the Holy Spirit convict them of their lost conviction. Uh, may He uh, convict them of their need uh, of the perfect Savior, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Christ. I pray that you'll bless our time today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we find here some very interesting things that we'll get to in just a moment, but we find an ancient pattern. We find a pattern from long, long ago uh, during the first century. We find a pattern that still holds true today. And as we think of the independence of our nation, and we certainly have already alluded to some of this, uh, we need to always look back to the pattern that has been set. Uh, there are a lot of even a lot of political talk and political jargon today uh, about the, the fact that uh, the Constitution is a, is a document that really does not apply today because we live in a modern day. And there's a lot of changes that want to take place in our country, but uh, friend, uh, there's some patterns that were set centuries ago that still are the pattern for today. As a matter of fact, I think patterns of uh, from long, long ago of, uh, of a husband and wife and, and, and having a home built on the Word of God, I think those are pretty good patterns. And I think if we go back to the patterns that have been set for us, uh, we'll do much better uh, than changing those patterns. And this morning we see in our text, we see a pattern that is still good for the church today. Just like in our country, there are some who would change uh, the pattern of what we do as a nation, which would change our country. If you change the Constitution of the United States of America, you change the United States of America. It will not be the same nation anymore. It will not be the same country anymore. Likewise, if you change the foundation of the local church, you will change the local church. You can't put in a different pattern and have the same results. You change the pattern, you change the foundation, you change the results. In this morning, I want to remind us that there's an ancient pattern for modern times. This morning, the hope of our nation is not a political revolution. It is getting back to the Lord Jesus Christ. The hope of this world this morning is, is not some political change. It is getting to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to go back to the pattern of Scripture. Back to the pattern of the Word of God. We find in our text this morning uh, that great servant of God, the Apostle Paul. And as he and his other men have gone from city to city, town to town, we find that their message is the same. We find that their tactics are the same. We find that they go empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And let me just remind all of us uh, right there that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit of God for there to be any change, for there to be any effect, and you and I must be reminded of that. But he comes now, and we, we saw last week, and over the last couple of weeks, we, we talked about uh, that, that jail cell they found themselves in, and how uh, he and Silas were imprisoned uh, because of uh, their preaching of the gospel. And I remind us all this morning that not everybody likes the preaching of the gospel. Not everybody likes a preacher who will just tell it like it is. Not everybody likes to draw those lines, likes it when you draw those lines of black and white. Not everybody likes that. And we know that from the scripture as we've been going through the book of Acts. So what does Paul do? We know he didn't get discouraged. We, we know and I'll not re-preach the sermon from last week, but now he just continues on uh, doing what it is that God has called him to do. And now he comes to this place called Thessalonica. And when he gets to Thessalonica, you would think, if we, you, 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 you might stand the reason that because he had in prison for preaching the gospel, he had been in prison for doing the same thing over and over again, that he might have changed 
his tactics. He might have said, you know what, I'm going to do things a little bit different this time. And friend, no matter what society does, no matter how it changes, no matter where you go, no matter what nation you find yourself in, it's still the same. We must preach Christ. He is the hope of men. But Paul comes into Thessalonica doing what he always had done. And he set a pattern for you and I today as a church, as a nation, as a child of God. And let's look at that this morning. We see, first of all, in verse number 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went under them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. We find, first of all, a pattern of church attendance. As his manner was, he went to church. Well, you remember in America when it was everybody's manner to go to church on Sunday? Some of you are too young to remember when, uh, when, when Sunday was about church and not about football. Uh, this is the Lord's Day. Uh, this is where we're supposed to be. It ought to be our manner. It ought to be our habit. Uh, our neighbors ought to know what's going to happen on Sunday morning. Uh, we're getting out and we're getting to the car and we're heading to the house of God because that is our manner. Your children ought to grow up in a home where they know that Sunday is the Lord's Day. That is their manner. You know what make America truly great again is if God's people get back to the house of God. If God's people get back under the preaching of the Word of God. You say, Pastor, you hate football. No, I love football. I just think there's seven days in a week, and one of them God said is His day, and we should not desecrate it. And I believe that if it becomes our manner once again, that we're going to get back to the house of God, and then we rejoice in the fellowship of God's people. And all the music this morning has been great and outstanding as it always is, but we've got to get back to loving the preaching of the Word of God. And say, give us more preaching, not less. Make it hotter not colder, and we got to get back to how the manner is. You look back at the, the blessing of our nation. You cannot separate the preaching of the Word of God. You cannot separate the foundation of the Word of God. And this morning, let me ask you a question. I'm not trying to be, be hard on you here this morning. In a lot of ways, I'm preaching to some of the most faithful people in the world, but, but how is your manner? What's your habit? We have a lot of habits. It ought to just be a habit for us to get to the house of God. And can I just interject here? It ought to be our habit to get to the house of God every time we can get to the house of God. Uh, that's one of the wonderful things about our church. Our Sunday morning crowd is not much different than our Sunday night crowd. Our Sunday night crowd is not much different than our Wednesday night crowd. Every time the church doors open, we ought to be there. Uh, it's, it's, well, why do you do that? It's what we do. It's our habit. It's just, it's just what, what is about us. And we see that that was the pattern that was set as his manner was. But there were some things about him that he didn't have to think about it. You know what? If you decide where you're going to be every Sunday morning, if you decide where you're going to be on Sunday night, you decide where you're going to be Wednesday night Bible study, Sunday school hour, you know what? Then once it's decided, you don't even have to think about it. It's your custom. It's your manner. What do you do? We go to church. Remember in America when everybody did that? I don't. I'm not old enough. But you remember the manner? Some of you remind your head because you remember when everybody went to church on Sunday. And now the minority of people, I was there saying, the minority of people who claim to be Christian find themselves in the house of God on Sunday. Whereas his manner was. You know, it ought to be normal for Christians to be found at the house of God. 
It ought to be our custom, ought to be our manner. That's the pattern that was set of being in the house of God. Let's make it our goal. Let's make it our determination to never miss a time when God's people are assembled together. God's people are sitting around the preaching of the Word of God. Let's make it our pattern. You know what, Mom and Dad? Your kids need to see that. They need to know that. That on Sunday, they go to church. On Sunday, they're in the house of God. We find here also, secondly, we find a pattern of Jesus Christ as the object of our salvation. Look at me in verse number 3. Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. What is this ancient pattern that is set for us for these modern times? It's the pattern of Jesus Christ as the object of our salvation. Paul is preaching to these lost people, these men steeped in religion, that there is one who the salvation centers around. Friend, this morning, if you're saved, you're not saved because of being a church member somewhere. You can this morning come and say, Pastor, I'd like to join the Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's not going to save you. That's not going to get you one step closer to heaven, one step further away from hell. By being a member of a Baptist church, no, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is still the object of our salvation. The centuries roll by, but the object of salvation does not change. Time goes by, but it's still about the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, when we wake up our nation this morning, is if every man who calls himself a man of God, who has pastor before his name, would get in the pulpit this morning and say, there is but one way to heaven, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. If he would say and declare from the Scriptures that you must be born again, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he is still the object of our salvation. And preaching on Christ crucified in the first century work is still worse in this century today. It is the ancient pattern for the day we live in. Notice the message that he preached. He preached that Christ must needs have suffered. He preached on Christ's crucifixion. Then that's still the message that you and I need to proclaim today. That is still what our neighbors need to hear. It's still what our, our co-workers need to hear. It's still what our family members need to hear. The Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, willingly laid His life down and became the sin sacrifice for all men. And all men's sins was placed on the Lord Jesus Christ and He suffered on that cross and He suffered under the, the physical torture that uh, he underwent being crucified. But that was his message, that Christ was crucified. But notice, it was not just that he was crucified. There's a lot of religions today that still have the Lord Jesus on the cross. They still have him in that place of crucifixion. But notice, his message very quickly turned from him suffering and risen again from the dead. His message was Christ was not only crucified and suffered, and became the sin sacrifice for men, but Christ rose from the dead. There is but one who has ever conquered death, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. There is but one who death had no hold on, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul's message that day was Jesus Christ suffered, He was crucified, uh, he, he, he died for mankind, but that grave could not hold Him. He 
rose again from the dead. And friend, that's what this world is today. That's what our churches need to be reminded of today. That's what our nation needs to hear today. That yes, Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Jesus Christ lived this sinless life. And yes, He was crucified, but He didn't stay in the grave. And He rose from the dead. Friend, I would, I would be discouraged this morning. I would be without hope this morning if I followed a religion or a set of beliefs where that, that, that spiritual leader, that, that one who the whole religion was built on, was still in the ground. And He had no life today. But the Lord Jesus Christ is a risen Savior. That is the message that was preached, and that's what men still need to hear today. They still need to hear that Christ rose from the dead. But his message continues. And risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. He affirmed the deity of Christ. This Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He was the only begotten Son of God. He was the perfect Son of God. Only the God-man could live a perfect life. Only the God-man could know no sin. He had to be the Son of God. Otherwise, He could have never risen from the dead. He had to be deity. Otherwise, that death would have laid hold on Him and never let Him go. And He affirms that Jesus is the Son of God and you and I need to be reminded and that's what we need to tell everybody we can that Jesus, the only Son of God, the only begotten Son of God came to this earth, lived a sinless life, went to the cross of Calvary, was crucified and rose again from the dead. That is the pattern and the object of our salvation. Notice the first three words of verse number three. Opening and alleging. But he is presenting this to them. We don't need a revival of among Christians today opening and alleging the same message that Paul preached there. Why don't we go present it to our fellow man? Why don't we present it to our neighbors? Why don't we present it to our co-workers? Why don't we present it to our family members? Present what a Baptist belief this morning, friend. I promise you this. It is, our salvation is not built on a denomination. Our salvation is not built on the words of a man. Our salvation is not built on church membership, baptism, or anything else. It is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the object of our faith. He is the object of our salvation. He is presenting this to them. Friend, that's all we need to do is present it. This morning, through the preaching of the Word of God, I'm just presenting to you the facts. I'm presenting to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I'm presenting to you that that Scripture tells us that He lived a sinless life. I am presenting to you that He went to that cross of Calvary, was crucified for all mankind, and three days later He came up victorious out of that grave. And there's nothing. What else would we present? 
why, why would we talk about some man-made custom or some, some list that we have to go by when we can just present the facts of the Lord Jesus Christ as a risen Savior? Then that is what it's all about. It's not about you living your best life now. It's about you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about you finding your purpose in life. It's about you trusting the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. And if this morning you sit in our service today and you have never done that, you've never put your faith and trust in Him, this morning I'm just opening and alleging with you. I am presenting the facts to you. And the Holy Spirit of God, as I speak, is confirming to you that that man is telling you the truth. He is telling you what the Scriptures say, that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary to pay for all mankind's sins, but for your sins. Every single one of them. So you never have to spend a moment in a devil's hell. And all you have to do is believe on the finished work of Calvary that the Lord Jesus Christ rose again, conquered death and hell, paying for all man's sin kinds, all man's sins, and all you have to do is believe on Him. We don't need a different message today. We need the same message. You don't really bring hope to your family if they all trusted Christ as their Savior. You don't bring hope to the city of Jacksonville if they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, man might believe if somebody would open a ledge with them. Somebody might trust if we would just present it to them. Friend, I, I love the Emmanuel Baptist Church. If I it's the greatest church on the face of God's green earth, I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about all the things I believe. I do a church and I pastor the best people in the world. Well, there might be a couple of exceptions, but I believe I, believe I pastor the best people in the world. There's nowhere I would rather be. We have the, the friendliest people. We have the best music. We have the best people. And my I just throw in there the best pastor as well. I mean, we just added this morning. Let's do it all. But friend, that's not what I want to sell somebody on this morning. I want you to know that there's one who left heaven to come down to this earth to live a sinless life. And he did so, not for his own glory, but so that he could pay for your sins, so that he could pay for your punishment. And all you have to do is believe on him. That's the message this morning. It's not about how wonderful we are. It's about how mighty he is. And that is what people need to hear. The same message that people needed to hear in that first century, it's the same message people need to hear today. And I would say we've drifted further away from God because we're putting less emphasis on the object of our salvation. We're putting less emphasis on who it's all about. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. We continue and we see also, number three, we see a pattern of our source of faith. Notice here, we have this pattern of church attendance, but we have the pattern of, the, of Jesus Christ as the object of our salvation. And then thirdly, we have the pattern of the source of that faith. We know that He is the object of our salvation because that is where we have placed our faith. Now, where do we get that source of our faith? Look with me in verse number two. And Paul, as his manner was, went unto them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. 
this morning, the, the, the pattern that we need to follow, that ancient pattern that is still good for today, where, 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 where do you get the boldness to proclaim the things that you've proclaimed this morning? Because uh, I get it from the Scriptures. And this is the object of our faith. This is what we build our faith on, is the Word of God. That's why it's important for you to know that you have the perfect words of God. You have God's mind in your hand. And this is the source from where we get our faith. This morning, I have great faith in God. And I didn't get that from watching Oprah. I didn't get that from watching Dr. Phil. I didn't get that from reading some secular textbook. I got it from the Scriptures. Why do you believe what you believe? Because the Bible tells me so. Is it really that simple? Well, actually, it's quite simple. We get the, uh, the our faith from the Scriptures. He went in there. Paul was an educated man. Paul could speak several languages. But Paul did not reason with his own intellect. He spoke to him from the Scriptures. Paul was... Well, it was a man who had some authority. He was educated, as I already mentioned. But when it got down to it, he knew the object of faith comes from the Scriptures. Let me tell you why some Christians, it's not their manner to get to the house of God because they're not getting their faith from the Scriptures. Let me tell you why some, some Christians, they fall by the wayside in their spiritual life is because they didn't get their faith from the Scriptures. And as long as we, as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, have our foundation on the Scriptures, foundation on the Word of God, we can operate by faith. We can move forward by faith. Why? Because we get it from the Word of God. We get it from the Scriptures. We search the Scriptures. This morning, I want to just remind all of us, it's not our opinion that matters. It's what do the Scriptures say. Well, I don't believe that it's that simple just believing that Jesus was crucified and, and risen from the dead having paid this sin. And all I have to do is believe. But friend, it doesn't matter how complicated you think it ought to be. It only matters what the Scriptures say. And that's why Paul wrote in and said, Gentlemen, I'm not going to tell you my opinion. I'm not going to bring my emotions into it. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. And this morning, I have, I have no right to stand up here in Christ's stead and give you my opinion, give you what I emotionally believe. All I have the authority to do is stand here today and say, thus saith the Lord, the Scriptures say this is where we get our faith because friend, uh, you can walk out of here and you can doubt me, but if you got your faith right there you can put all of your hopes there you can put all of your trust there what does the Bible say? And if the Bible says something to be true you can count on it, it's true if we got our hope and faith from the Scriptures, they never change. Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. That means God has settled it. What it says is true. That's why He could go in in that place of religious custom which they believed in, religious law which they believed in, and He could preach to them with such boldness and say, it is because of a risen Savior. It is because He preached the Scriptures. He taught them from the Scriptures. He went and reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. This morning, if you're lost and on your way to a devil's hell, let me reason with you just for a moment from the Scriptures. For by grace 
Are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves? Not of works lest any man should boast. This morning, you cannot work your way to heaven. Let me reasonably, let's think about it for just a moment. You think that you are good enough to, to work your way to stand before a holy and a righteous and a perfect God. Come on, logic even tells you that's not true. Before by grace are you saved. The only way we can be saved, the only way we can ever enter into the presence of the Father is by the grace of God. And nothing pictures the grace of an Almighty God like Jesus willingly being our sin sacrifice, like Him being risen from the dead and putting our faith and trust in Him. There's nothing we could do to deserve that. There's nothing we could do to earn that. Only by the grace of God. If you think about it, friend, it makes absolutely perfect sense that only there had to be one who could pay the price that God would accept. He's not going to ever accept the righteousness of Greg Neal. As a matter of fact, my righteousness is as those filthy, dirty rags that would tend to those pus-filled sores. That's what my good works are. That's what your good works are. And for any this reason for just a little bit out of the Scriptures, aren't you glad it is grace? Because you and I would be in the same boat. We'd be on our way to hell. But this morning, the Scriptures tell me that once I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it is done. It is settled. There's nothing that can change it. This morning, you and I, if you're saved, we are in the hand of God and no man can pluck us out of the hand of God. We are secure for all of eternity. And we just need to put our faith and hope in the Scriptures. He reasoned with them out of the Word of God. This is why, Christian, you must have the Word of God in your life, in your day. So my face just shaking. What do I do, Pastor? Open the Bible. Read. What what, what, what do I read? Sometimes just open it and start reading. That's where we get our faith. This morning, I do not want you to take my word for it. Let's take the Word of the Scriptures. Let's put our hope in the Scriptures. This morning, child of God, I would preach to you, if you follow this book, there will be blessings. There will be provision. But friend, the Bible also says if you flee the things of the, of, the, of the Word of God, if you ignore the things of the Word of God, there is a price to pay and God will put things in your way to bring you back to Him. And You and I just need to stay in the Word of God. That is where we get our faith. I just don't know if I believe that anymore. Somebody who says that is admitting that they have no relationship with the Scriptures. But they have not stayed in the Scriptures. It is the Scriptures that give us our faith. Number four, and I'm done. We see part of this ancient pattern for modern times. Look at verse number four. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. And the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. We find here a pattern of the effect or the result on the listener. What happened? Well, not everybody liked it. But some did. Some believed. Friend, I'm convinced that the same pattern that happened in Scripture is true for the day. If we would just open and allege that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He lived a perfect life, 
And, and He went to that cross willingly paying the sin debt for all mankind. And He came forth victorious three days later. Uh, the, the victorious Savior with the keys of death and hell. I believe there's some that would listen to that. I believe there's some that would believe that. You say, oh, Pastor, not everybody likes an old-fashioned independent Baptist church like we are. Not everybody likes for a man, for a pastor to get up and preach like you preach. But friend, some would like it. Some would hear. Some might even get born again on a Sunday morning. And one of your co-workers might just get saved. One of your neighbors might just get saved. One of your family members might just get saved. That complete stranger that you nod at the grocery store and you never invite them, you never hand them a gospel tract, they might just get saved. Some will believe. That is the result from preaching of a risen Savior. That is the result of telling them that there is a hope beyond our own sins. And it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find there in Scripture, verse 4, don't you see it? Some of them believed. And of the devout Greeks, a great multitude... We know there might be even some learned men. There might even be some religious men who leave their religion and trust Christ. Find the chief women, not a few. Obviously, there were some women of influence, whether they were married to somebody of influence or they had a position of influence. We find that many of them trusted Christ as their Savior. We find the results and we find the effects of the Gospel beginning to take place in this place called Thessalonica. It's a wonderful thing to witness people trusting Christ as their Savior. It's a wonderful thing that when you just simply preach the Lord Jesus Christ... The result that it has. But I want us to draw our attention finally this morning with in verse number four. Yes, many of them believed, and and the scripture tells us that some of the categories of people who believe, but I want you to notice in verse number four, and when the scripture tells us that some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. I want you to notice that word consorted. That is speaking of finding a a common ground. It's speaking of having a fellowship, an attachment. But I want you to get this this morning as we close. Well, you have you have an old preacher coming in who spent probably more time in jail than out of jail in recent days, and he comes in and says, "Let me just reason with you out of the scriptures." Let me just stick with the same pattern that Jesus Christ Himself gave me. Now I want to tell you what the Bible says. I want to tell you about a risen Savior. I want to tell you about the Son of God who loves you so much that He left His home in heaven to pay your sin debt. He is not in a tomb today. He is risen, having conquered death and hell. Let me tell you about Him. And lo and behold, as He preached of that risen Savior, there are some that believe. There are some that trusted Christ as their Savior. There are some that says, I will believe on that one who you preach of. And I don't depend on religion anymore. And I don't depend on tradition anymore. But I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the risen Son of God. He is 
was the only way to heaven as some believed. Uh, there were different groups that believed in there. But notice what the Scripture tells us. They consorted with Paul and Silas. They associated with Paul and Silas. They banded together with Paul and Silas. And God began to do a work, not just in the life of Paul and Silas, but with those converts. And they came together. And there wasn't a whole lot common with the Greek and in those in the, in the, in the, in the noble women. There wasn't a whole lot in common uh, with Paul and Silas and some of those that believed. But you know what? They gave them some common ground. The fact that they had the same salvation. And aren't you glad this morning God can take a group of people who might be from this background and from this background and from this nationality and this upbringing and there's one thing that can bring them all together under the umbrella of a local church. Can I tell you what it is? It's the same Savior. It's the same belief in God. It's the same old black book. And we all consort together this morning around the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our source of salvation. The Scriptures are our object of faith. And that is the result of what takes place when Christ is magnified. Some are going to believe. Those that believe, we see a pattern that continues of banding together to a common salvation. Do you know what needs to happen when that takes place? We need to continue to open and allege all those around us who do not know. And by the way, let me just throw a challenge out here this morning. If you're saved, I believe the whole heart, you have a responsibility to consort with other Christians. See, God does not put the responsibility on those who are unsaved. He puts the responsibility on those who are saved. It's not, it's not natural for an unnatural man, one that's not saved, to, want the, to do the spiritual things, but it should be for those that have been saved. This morning, there's a lot of Christians that it's been a long time since they've consorted with other Christians. It's been a long time since they bound together with other Christians. And that's what the local church is for. That's why we assemble together. If you look around the room this morning, none of us are alike. No two people are alike. There's different races and nationalities and backgrounds and dare I say IQs this morning. And we come from all different uh, backgrounds and, and different upbringings, but yet we all have something in common. We've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. We ought to band together to make a difference in this city, in this town, and we ought to do something for the cause of Christ because we have that common salvation. Pastor, we live in a new day. It's certainly a different day. It's a day of great opportunity to follow an ancient pattern. I'm convinced much of our nation is sick of the new pattern. Stay with me. They've been searching and for years they've been told that this is the source of your peace and it hasn't fulfilled them. I'm convinced of this in towns all over our, our nation today. There are people who are walking the back 
of church buildings and they they might not reward it this way, but what they're looking for is they're looking for somebody to stand up and just tell them from the Scriptures, this is how you trust Christ. This is how you get to heaven. This is how you find peace. This is how you find joy. I'm convinced that there are people who sit in cubicles next to Christians and they don't understand all that comes with the Christian life, but they would appreciate if somebody would just tell them, hey, you know you can have peace uh, from that life you live. You know you can uh, know for certain that you're on your way to heaven. You know what you and I need to do? We just need to keep, we need to consort together, encourage one another, and then we just need to open the ledge, what Paul did. The pattern is still the same. I'm glad this morning that I do not depend on my personality to make a difference. I'm glad that I do not depend on the strength of a man to make a difference. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ. When you talk to people in our city and at your job and your neighbors, and what's that church all about? You tell them what it's all about. It's a place where Christ is preached and magnified. We still believe the Bible. We still believe there's but one way to heaven, and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. What I found is when you and I have that in common, then the Scriptures are our source of faith. It's amazing how we're all going to come to the same conclusion as we consort together. We're going to rally around the same thing. That's to win others with the Gospel. It's to reach others with the Gospel. This morning, as a Christian, let's follow an ancient pattern. I'd rather get it out of Scripture than in some church guru's book on a bookshelf. As a church, what are we going to do as we, as we move forward? And we're following such an ancient pattern. We're in a tent this morning. That's our ancient pattern we're following. But as we move forward to new properties and new buildings, say, hey, what's, what's going to change? Or an address may change. A location may change. And we may go from dirt parking lot to paved parking lot. But let me tell you what is not going to change. It's not the preaching of the Word of God that says, Jesus is the only way to heaven. And you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not changing. Because it's the pattern that's been set. And it works. Well, well Pastor, I, I know somebody, they don't, they don't like that, but some, some will. Some do. Some do. But we follow this pattern. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless the message, you'll bless the Scripture this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will work in our hearts today. And Father, I'm certain that, and I believe in my whole heart, this is the preaching that our nation needs. Our country, our city today, our neighborhoods are looking for Christians to follow an ancient pattern. And just so open and allege and just share from the Scripture, reason from the Scripture that Jesus is the way to heaven, I pray this morning that you'll use the message. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I rejoice with you, and we have that in common, and I pray that this morning that uh, you would, uh, as a shared testimony this morning, I know for certain I'm on my way to heaven. 
Pastor I'm 100% sure that if I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. If, if that's your testimony this morning, would you just slip your hand up? I know for a fact I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you. Put your hands down. I wonder this morning if there might be one. Maybe there's one this morning who would say, Pastor Neil, I'm not for certain I'm on my way to heaven. And this morning you preached what I needed to hear, that it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a religion. It's not a church membership. But it's through Him. Our heads are bowed this morning. No one is looking. But I wonder if you might say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? That's all I want to do is pray for you. So would you pray for me that, that I might get this settled? But I'm not for certain I'm on my way to heaven. If you just slip your hand up this morning so I can see you, so I can pray for you. Say, Pastor, I'm not for certain I'm on my way to heaven. I wonder this morning, Christian, before we stand to our feet, is there some area this morning that the Holy Spirit of God has convicted you in? Maybe there's a face that the Lord has put in your mind. Maybe there's a name that He's put on your heart this morning. If somebody you need to openly, you need to openly allege, you need to reason with from the Scriptures. Or maybe this morning they. He just reminded you and affirmed in your faith you need to be in the Word of God. You need to be in the house of God. It's important that we hold to the things of God. Maybe, maybe that was it this morning. Maybe there's another area the Holy Spirit convicted you of that said you really need to make some changes here. You need to surrender this here. And may we all just have our faith strengthened this morning and may we determine a little more to do more to follow this pattern that is set. But the Lord has spoken to you this morning. Would you respond? In just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. The altar will be open. The invitation will begin. But the Lord has spoken to you. I urge you to respond in whatever area you need to surrender. Oh, I, I, I think we need a revival of sinners, uh, of Christians praying for lost sinners again. Oh, we ought to be grateful for our nation this morning. When's the last time that you bowed your knee and said, God, thank you that I live in this great nation? May we get burdened this morning to do more for our nation. There's more to it than which way you vote, and I'm certainly for that. I think you've got to vote the right way, but there is, there's a need for our fellow man to know that there's a risen Savior. May we do more for the cause of Christ in that area. We stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed this morning. The piano begins to play.